Hello listeners and welcome back to episode of the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Uh, and on the show we get to hear from Simon Borum, store manager at Runners Need and Hedge End. Uh, and then we move on to our featured guest um, and local runner Graham Carter, who tells us about his running journey. But obviously, before that, I'm excited to be joined by my co-host and partner in crime, David Harvey. Dave, hey, welcome back, man. How's things going? I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. The sun is out and the weather is sweet, so it's all good. Although I've got massive anxiety about the grass growing outside, so it's. Not Are you a hay great. fever sufferer? Are you? No, no, I'm not actually. Well, I used to be when I was at school. I used to get really bad hay fever. My nose used to bleed and stuff like that. But oh my god, <laughs> yeah, no. But ever since that, like I don't know, maybe ten years ago, I've not had it too bad. Okay. So, yeah, you're always a man of extremes. Even when you have uh, allergies, your your you know your nose just doesn't run; it bleeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my head falls off, my eyes fall out, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the most the most metal of of allergies. Yeah. <laughs> It is. Well, everything I do is metal. So Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so listen, how how was your trip to the Isle of Wight? Because you've um, obviously been over there with work and stuff and, and did you uh, did you enjoy it and manage to get any any running in there? I did. I did. I was supposed to um we were staying at the Premier Inn. Okay. And uh there was I was asking someone at the place that we were we were going to go and see if there were any decent trails around and he explained really carefully how I could find this ten mile loop. And um, as soon as I left the uh, left the hotel to go and find this loop, I suddenly gave up and ended up running along the road for about five miles. So. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a little bit like too nervous about taking a wrong a wrong path or something? Yeah, totally. But it's like, man, it's hilly over there. Even when it's you think it's kind of flat and easy, there's suddenly like this hill around the corner. Oh, it's knackering. But okay. yeah, all good, all good. But um, not as not as hilly as where you've just been. I hear so. Yes, oh, I, I got to go away to Dorset last weekend, near just near Bridport. I think we were in a place called, and I'm going to try and get this right, uh, Whitchurch Canicorum, Canicorum or something. Yeah. Um, maybe some of the listeners will, will know of it. But um, yeah, we, we ended up staying there for a weekend. And, and like you say, you know, the coast down there yeah. is unbelievable. I mean, it's the first time I've been down to kind of like Lyme Regis and around that area, Golden Cap and yeah. Charmouth brilliant absolutely amazing i mean we we did a walk up one of the hills um unfortunately i didn't get to run on the sunday because we had to check out quite early so um it would have been like a 5 a.m rise which i just wasn't prepared to do which which church can that sounds that sounds pretty metal as well actually it sounds like some kind of uh death metal band or black metal band <laughs> where you could go and set fire to stuff and blood I didn't, hear, I, didn't, I didn't hear or see anything death metal around there but i tell you no. what, the, road, the roads around there were pretty death metal yeah. even just inland because we were inland about probably about three or four miles from the actual coast yeah uh and yeah there was there was a hill that i ran up on on saturday so so paul had given me a session to do right it's one of these um you know warm up for 10 15 minutes and then go out for about an hour at what's meant to be steady pace yeah. so for me at the moment it's kind of meant to be about like 648 a mile or something like that so nothing too quick but nothing nothing slow either and then I got turned this corner and just this hill which is in front of me and I thought okay that that's fine I can see I can see around the corner it'll probably end soon and it didn't it just went on for about two miles so by the time I got to the top my um my my pace had kind of dropped to about eight and a half nine and the the grade adjusted pace looking at Strava afterwards was still 559 a mile so there was like a three minute difference between the grade adjusted pace and the real pace that's that's uh, completely um, uh, that. <laughs> it's well <done>. madness. <laughs> madness it's right. 
Well, we stayed up there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but we stayed on the cider farm and in, embraced the the cider from a place called Breedy Farm. Which yes, we, we actually passed it on the way. Did you? Did you? Yeah. yeah. I saw a oh, sign for it. Mm. Yeah, they ha- they have the dry one called Monica Lewinsky, which I thought was quite funny. And yeah. um, the sweeter one was called Sweet Jesus. Okay. Oh, so good. You didn't indulge then. I didn't know. We were we could, we were flying. We went flying past it, and I recognised the sign, and I was like, oh, that's the one that Heather told me about. <laughs> so yeah, so I, yeah. I, I did recognise it. But yeah, you know, we were we were like sixty miles an hour by that by that point. <laughs> yeah. But no. So um. Listen, we did something different this week, didn't we? We um, it was Portsmouth Running Podcast on tour. Um, it was. I, I, put a, I put a few posts up on uh, Facebook and Instagram about it, but we finally, after about ten months of uh, of trying, and obviously with COVID and restrictions getting in the way, got to head up and try one of the blended trails. Um, did you enjoy it, man? Was it? I, I did. Well, I, you know my story that I was I was coming back from the Isle of Wight and had, yep. had a pretty busy week, so I had a so couple funny. of glasses of wine on red wine on the boat and uh, when I got home was just like right time to go to sleep and then you phoned and I was like I just thought oh I can't say no to Dan can I (laughs) so so it went a little bit like the first two miles were absolutely hell and I thought I was going to pass out and then after that I think the red wine kind of sweated out and I started to enjoy myself but yeah what a route what a great like what an amazing idea because I'll be honest, I was a bit sceptical about it at first because I thought okay. I can just go and run a route on my own and stuff mm. anyway. And then after we did it, I had to look at the Strava leaderboard for that particular um, route. And I was, yeah. I thought, bloody hell, there's loads of people faster than me. And it's suddenly like my competition, yeah, uh, my competitive edge suddenly went, right, next one, I'm going to go and give it, give it what for. So, it's good, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's, just, it's, so, it's so good the way they've done it as well. Like, they, I mean, that route we went on, I don't know if, don't know whether you found it quite confusing, but I, I never would have navigated that without like any signs and stuff. But they managed to kind of, you know, do these pop-up trails and they've got their own kind of equipment that they use. And they set up, they set up, it's all marked basically with a very recognizable brand, the Blended Trails brand or the logo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty, pretty tricky route with like loads of trees to climb over and loads and loads of gates and styles to go over. But you're right. Some of those leaderboards, uh, leader, leader times were pretty ridiculous, weren't they? Yeah, six six fifty eight minute miles on a hilly trail. Like, yeah, what's that about? So, yeah. am I right in thinking that they pop up for about a week, and yep. he goes and fully marks them, so it's like a race. Yep. But you turn up whenever you want, run the trail for free. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's and exactly right. Then you, then it goes onto a Strava, like a Strava segment, and that you get a leaderboard. Is there any prize for the winner, or is it just kudos that you, you? we're fastest on that loop yeah i think it's just a kudos thing it's just a you know kind of competitive if you really want to be yeah uh, kind of thing so yeah there's no i don't think there's any prizes or anything like that yet but they do um interestingly enough they are kind of branching out into uh the race arena and they've got their first um event coming up uh when you're away at lakeland and i'm away at kenneth and avon unfortunately yeah. but is it hattingley hattingley half or something that's right yeah, yeah yeah the hattingley half um, do check it out if it's something that you want to do but yeah blended trails they've they've got it going for them and they've got uh, they've yeah. done some really good stuff there they've got a good team you know yeah. you know working working on the branding and the social media side of things and everything and yeah it's just just really good and it was great to meet ollie and uh, and yeah. joe from there as well yeah it was great great to have a beer with them and just just chat and overshare at the end of it really yeah, it? It was, <laughs> it was and actually the sun the sun came out dave it was it was nice yeah it was really it was good, good. 
had a good, good time. Had a good time. You know what? I'm I'm getting a little bit excited about the fact that hopefully in July everything's going to go back to normal and then it will be like races are plenty because mm. I've not done any races this year. Um, that blended trails thing was the first thing that I've done, I think. And yeah, oh, man, it would be so good just to have all of those options of every weekend, like going to do something if you if you want to, and rather than having all this uncertainty. Yeah, I know it's it's it is sounding kind of more positive. Although there's also kind of like, you know, permanent permanent worry posts and uh, fear mongering about um yeah. about all the rest of the stuff going on, which which isn't great. But uh, now hopefully, fingers crossed, everything moves the right way, and then we can just enjoy the summer when it finally arrives. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. But listen, speaking about the sun, dude, I I actually got to um got to try an interesting uh, gadget this week, a, a bit of clothing um. That I, that I purchased that I've always seen I've seen for years and I've always wanted to get one but I suffer in the heat really badly right so um, I saw these caps I think they were used or a version of the caps was used um, in some of the bad water documentaries I've seen yeah. so it's basically a cap which has a pocket on it and I know some of the pockets um, for the caps I saw sit on top of the head but the one I've bought is a compressed sport ice cap um, and it's got these really tight kind of stretchy pockets at the back of the head um, so I, I got to use it yesterday with ice in it just to kind of see how it feels to cool the back of your head down. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't a massively warm day, but um, so I, few, I think I threw about uh, three ice cubes in each side of the, the hat at the back. because There's two compartments and the ice lasted for about 40 minutes, I would say, before it kind of all melted. But what was really nice was that it kind of you get a little bit of head freeze, which is fine if you just work through that, it's fine. The ice starts to melt, it gets quite watery behind there, and then it kind of just runs down the back of your head and you feel the drips on, on your back, which is great. Um, have you seen those before? I've seen people use them, yeah. I think a fair few amount of people had stuff like that at Western States. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you say, bad water, they use that kind of thing, don't they? Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it, it feels a little bit extreme for the UK, but I think there's going to be some some kind of hot days and, and potentially a hot day for Kennet and Avon. So I thought, yeah, it could be Kennet. Yeah, just get one of these. And I know you, you were saying about doing the similar kind of thing with a buff or a or a, or a bandana, weren't you? Yeah. So when before I went into Western States, I spoke to this guy that like, lives over in Forest Hill, which is sort of like a hundred k into the race. Okay. And I think he's done it like five times. It's called uh, Bob Crowley, who I think actually now is the president of the International Trail Running Association, something like that. Wow. So connections. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, the guy's an absolute legend, but he was just sort of giving me all of this advice on on uh, cooling down. So literally, when you get he was get get ice underneath your cap. So if you haven't got um if you haven't got pockets on it, then just whack some ice underneath it, and then you know keep it on top of your head below your cap. Um, yep. Another good thing that I found that I've always found really good is wearing those white sleeves, ah, which I always I never understood them. I was like, why have people got these sleeves that you know they could just wear a long top? But yeah, um, I was recommended them, and you can fill those in ice. But if you put it inside, um, inside your elbow, like in the crease, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a, a vein. Um, that is quite close to the skin so it okay. cools the blood down there and then takes it up into your body ah interesting so the, I, I i always see those and think surely that's going to make me warmer having like something on my skin but no I guess it just protects one, you. one of the, one of the key things about the heat and the sun is to keep the sun off of your skin yeah i guess i guess you're right i mean yeah so, yeah another and, option um, the, the other thing is to yeah get a bandana 
because the the arteries and the veins in your neck are quite close to the surface mm-hmm. so if you if you keep it particularly like um around your kind of carotid artery area um it will cool the blood there and that will take it around the body much cooler okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give that a bash actually i think i'm gonna try the the bandana slash buff thing and see if i can kind of wrap some ice up and yeah. get a technique going um, yeah the my crew will have ice hmm. bandana is the one man <clears throat> Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm gonna to have to see if I can if I've got a bandana. I don't think I do. Yeah, well, I, I think I've got one in the um, in in the uh, in the garage here. Oh, uh, okay. Has, has not been used since probably Western States five years ago, four years ago. <laughs> Listen, speaking of Western States, it's this weekend. It Dun-dun-dun. is. It is. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's gonna be so. I'll tell you what's really good. I'm I'm really pleased that you told me that there was a a dedicated app for following the runners on it because that that's that's actually a really good app yeah it's 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 banging isn't it so yeah it's really good have you have you kind of loaded it with any runners you're you're interested in watching yet i haven't i don't actually know anyone that's running other than than walmsley and that's just going to be a base a massive sprint for him isn't it so well not too sure how he's (laughs) going to do really i I hope he does well i really do because obviously you know massive massive walmsley fan um but i've i think i've loaded it up with quite a few runners and there's uh there's even um one of our uk runners beth beth pascal's running Oh yeah, I named that name. Know that yeah, name. Beth Pascal's running. I'll tell you who I've got on my list, right? So, so I've got this app loaded. It's really easy to find the runners you want to follow. I've got uh, Jim Wormsley, Tim Tollefson, Beth Pascal from the UK, Casey Licktig, who's recently come back from injury, Camille Heron, obviously you'll know oh, okay. her. Yeah. Jar- Jared Hazen, who I think if runs well could probably take it. Um, Hayden Hawks, Claire Gallagher, who won it I think the last time Western States was on, and, and Ruth Croft from New Zealand. Um, brilliant yeah there's yeah. loads of people there isn't there it's amazing um, yeah i mean like there, there's a few of those that could go lightning quick can they really so yeah i think it's kind yeah. of anyone's race really and it's a shame that not yeah. many um international runners have managed to make it over obviously because of yeah. the, the restrictions and stuff but it's going to be an exciting event i mean and I look forward to seeing how they do it in all honesty there's you know for us that people that are into a bit of ultra and stuff there isn't really that much that goes on that can excite you is there i mean you might get utmb you get a few runners that are quite exciting western states every year but there's not a hell of a lot of races that yeah you know it's, it's quite a kind of um although it's getting more popular it's still a little bit underground so i, I tend so, to get yeah. excited by things like grand union canal and the west uh the south downs hundred and stuff and it's most of that's just you know like people that go to work every day isn't it and but you know it's kind of strange because it's a sport you love and it becomes exciting and seeing your mates do it and finish it is really exciting oh definitely um, definitely. yeah there were so many there were so many runners dave doing the um the south downs way 100 a few weeks ago it was just amazing i had so many people on my app and loads of people from portsmouth running it Oh, I saw so many people at the start that, you know, um, that from Portsmouth. I'd imagine it was pretty one of the um, top most represented cities, actually. I'd imagine. Yeah, for sure. You know, other than London or something where everyone seems to live. But yeah, That's I mean, true. like there were some cracking performances by everyone. Like, mm, that. that was really good. I think everyone that everyone did amazingly well. I mean, obviously, we've had some uh, we had some finishers who have been guests on the show. And I think, yeah. And. You know, people who didn't make it to the end as well but just congratulations to everyone for you know getting as far as you did whether you finished or not and and that uh, was probably as hot as the western states as well wasn't it that day? yeah it was wasn't it it was warm <laughs> it was so warm that weekend but yeah no anyway so um 
exciting weekend ahead and uh, we'll just see how uh, how it all pans out but listen dave thanks a lot for joining me this week um we're going to move on to our two interviews now um, and we'll start with simon borum from runners need and then head over to listen to graham carter who i need to thank you for putting in touch with me for the show yeah oh the guy's a legend so look forward to hearing this one so awesome. i'm gonna go get back to the hoovering in a minute Good stuff. I'm going to go and have a drink outside yeah. in the garden and enjoy the weekend, mate. Take care. All the All best. Right. Take care, easy, mate. Bye. Cheers, bye. I am joined on the show today by manager at Cotswold Outdoor and Runner's Need Store over at Hedgeend, Mr. Simon Borum. Simon, welcome to the show. Uh, how are you doing on this mighty fine day? Hi, Dan. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, really well, thank you. It's good to see the sunshine again. So, uh, yeah, know, happy time. It kind of felt like recently um, that kind of summer was over, which is strange. And I know we always kind of joke about it every year and, you know, we always kind of moan about the weather. But honestly, it's been pretty, pretty miserable like, over the last weekend and last week. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to have a have a fantastic day. And I was going to ask if you've already been out for a run today or, or this week. Uh, yeah, so I've been back on uh, Monday and yesterday. So um, fall back into training again now. So. Okay. I haven't been out today, um, but I'm out this evening. So uh, a bit of an interval session this evening. So uh, so I'll be on that when I uh, get back from work. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, good luck with that. I hope it goes well. And Thank yeah, you very so much. You've certainly got the uh, the light for it today and stuff. Now, I was going to start and, and kind of kick off by by saying that you are a local runner to Portsmouth. Um, you take part in all sorts of races from from very short to the long distance ultra events too. Um, but, I, but I thought maybe it might be a good idea for the listeners out there for you to kind of start off by maybe introducing yourself and, and telling us who you are again, um, a little bit about what running you do, and then perhaps um, end off by telling us a little bit about your role over at Runners Need and Hedge End. So over to you, Simon. Yeah, by all means. Thank you. So uh, as Daniel says, I'm uh, Simon Borum. I'm very, very close to 50 years old now, um, as people keep reminding me. Um, in terms of in terms of running, um, late to the game, probably started about 12 years ago. Um, and I like a lot, a lot of people. Um, I was quite a lot overweight um, at the time, so I was probably another half of what I am today. Um, so, and just started with a little 5k as again a lot of people do and uh yep. hang on a minute this little bug has got me and just continued to progress um so just ran for two or three years and and realized you know actually i'm getting enjoyment out of this and then put into a few couple of races great south run which tends to be everybody's first big race yeah for sure um and then joined portsmouth joggers um, and that's where i think i gained the most knowledge about running um, more from the training side of things more than just going out for a run and I think that's where I started understanding a lot more about it um, and just continued progressing on from there um, and then you know dipped for toe in everything half marathon then marathon and then the crazy distances so um, yeah that's pretty much how how it's been going for me um, now um, I don't tend to go to any of the running groups I tend to sort of just mainly train on my own um i'm lucky to have a coach who who gives me my sessions for me so i don't even have to do the thinking i just need to put my shoes on and just go out and do the running Perfect. so um i'm lucky from that point of view um the last couple of years runs haven't gone as well as i want to do as, as you were aware that uh, a couple of weeks back south downs way 100 didn't go as planned but mm -hmm. it's all learning from from us all and you know i learned a lot on that day even yeah. though it was quite short for me so um so yeah, so that's the running side of things for me. In terms of the store, um, I've been store manager here for 12 years. 
um, on the outdoor side. Um, and then the runners need um, what, they, what we call as a shopping shop was introduced into the location about four years ago because I'm quite lucky in the respect that it's a very big store here. Um, so it's tucked away in the back. Um, it's a small little area, but it has some good stock in it. Um, it's got what really what you need. And obviously we've got the bonus of having the website as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of the company, I suppose you're probably talking about 25 runners need sites, whether they're standalone or whether they're in, as, as I say, called shopping shops. Um, and I think the plan going forward is to expand that because, you know, we all know that running is, is so on trend at the moment and everybody's getting involved in it to whatever level. So it's a massive, massive business for us. And it's a great percentage of our, our takings and our turnover. So, Brilliant. you know, it's, it's an area that we as a business will grow. Yeah. Well, I mean, running's just become so popular, hasn't it? And it kind of continues to grow. I think it's still kind of almost in its, in its infancy in a way that it's kind of progressed and grown so quickly in such a short amount of time. Um, Absolutely. And uh, it's, it's got so many benefits for us, you know, whether it's from a fitness point of view, whether it's a, a mental and a well-being, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's an excellent opportunity for people to get out there. And it's, it's, it's a fairly cheap way of keeping fit. You get a pair of shoes, the outdoors is free and, and away you go. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity, I think. Brilliant, brilliant. So now Simon, I was going to say, like, you obviously spoke about your South Downs Way experience recently, you know, and I really hope that re the recovery is going well for you and stuff like that. And, and obviously, you know, just to kind of cap that off with um, th there's never anything lost in a, in, in a bad race, you know, you kind of learn, learn from these experiences as much as you do kind of crossing the line. In fact, you know, maybe more. Um, but we've had the pleasure uh, before of kind of running a couple of times and bumping into each other on the South Downs. Um, we've been fortunate enough to experience the pleasures uh, of racing in Chamonix, France, as part of the UTMB week uh, back in nine, 2019. Um, but obviously you were here today to tell us all about Runner's Need, which you've done already and kind of told us a little bit about your role. Um, now on Google, Runner's Need is kind of advertised as, and I, and I quote here, specialist retail chain offering running shoes, clothing and equipment, plus expert fitting advice. Now, does that kind of sound accurate? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, if I if I um, talk about the sort of the experience the customers will have coming into the store, That'd be great, um, yeah. we do. A, we also do an appointment um, system as well, which is not it's not um, a priority thing. Um, we don't ask people that you can only get served with an appointment, but it is advisable. Um, and nine times out of ten, they'll probably come in and see me. Um, and, and I'd like to think that I can help pretty much everybody with their running needs excuse the pun but um you know we're all learning um so what we tend to do is we offer the gait analysis which is a free service um we look at the look at the runner's gait on the on the treadmill through the camera and then we just have a chat i think my approach normally is to understand the runner um so when i when i tend to um chat to chat to runners when they come in about their their needs and need it's about understanding who they are what else do they do? Do they do they do yoga? Do they do a lot of strength work? Mm -hmm. um, what's their training pattern like? What's their mileage pattern like? Then you can start building a picture of what that person needs. Um, maybe they they lack a little bit of the strength and conditioning side of things. So I, I usually talk a bit about that as well. So um, yeah. it's trying to understand that person as a whole. And for me, it's usually it's like a it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You put those bits bits together. Yeah, um, yeah, to understand really what they are and where they're at. So um, it, must, it must be such an interesting role you have there to get to speak to and kind of understand or, or try to understand so many different customers 
runners needs as, as you said earlier and, and again excuse the pun um but it must yeah it must be fascinating to kind of hear everyone's stories and see so many different runners and different configurations of runners and and all sorts of like you know things that they need and stuff like that it must be quite quite kind of fascinating a big learning experience for you as well but you i noticed um you know you started talking about this kind of uh face-to-face -face kind of booking stop that you can do but I, that was one of the first things i noticed on the runners need website was that you can you can book these appointments but also um via a video feed as well if people aren't, aren't happy coming in um yeah so, so i think the video, video feed i know is a trial in a certain certain um stores within the company something okay. that we're not doing currently at store at the moment um but the other thing i'm, I'm starting to introduce as well is is maybe touch base with those customers that booked an appointment just before they come over, just so I can sort of ascertain the, the early needs that they might be after. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's, it's all about preparation. So I get to know that customer before they come into the store so I can be prepared myself with maybe some product at hand. I could do a little bit of research online if I need to, if it's something that I'm not totally understanding. You know, some of these, some people come in with, with injuries that, now, I'm not med medically trained, so yes. I can never point people in that direction, but I can always try and understand what the problem they may have. So it is, it's a good thing for me as well, like you say, to understand people. And, yeah. you know, I've been in retail since since the day dot. And I have to say, working in this environment at the moment is great because you do meet some great people who have got some amazing stories to tell, whether it's from an outdoor experience or whether it's from it's a running experience as well. Um, and you can end up chatting to people for a good half an hour just yeah. just because you can, just because you stand there and have a chat with them. So it's a it's a great place to be. Really yeah. Is. And if any if 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 runners if there's anything runners enjoy doing, it is it is chatting about running. You know, we we you know we do love it, and it's great to kind of come face to face with somebody else who runs as well because you can kind of you know have those those really passionate discussions and stuff about the sport. So um, while we're on the topic of kind of services that, that the store offers, I noticed on your website there was loads of different things going on 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 the site that you don't maybe necessarily see on a lot of other store sites as well um one of those was obviously finance options with with Klarna which is great because we know sometimes you know running is kind of I guess it's a relatively cheap sport but you know what is cheap it's it's different for everyone and um you know sometimes I guess cost is uh is a big one for, for, for a lot of people and it's great that you've kind of got that option there to to offer finance for people as well which is good but um Another thing was the the gait analysis was mentioned on your website, and you mentioned that just a little bit earlier, where you've got cameras and and running machines and stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more about the gait analysis and, and how popular that is? Yeah, so we tend to do that, offer that service to every customer that comes in. Okay. Not everybody does want to want to use it, and some people are a little bit nervous about going on a treadmill, which you can understand. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's um, it's usually just a snapshot of of how that person's running you can get a small percentage of information out of them for me it's just understanding also what their their running style is um, on there as well so you as i say you get a little snapshot of their their lower body mainly but you know below the waist um, yeah. and then it just gives us an idea of maybe um, what type of shoe they need to be using it does sometimes flag up a little bit of a maybe an issue or a past injury that the the body's still compensating so it does it does bring up some good information and some good stuff that we can then help um ascertain what type of shoes that person needs okay and it's usually only sort of a, a 40 second easy run on the treadmill um we record back we look over it together um, okay. and then we just go from there yeah brilliant brilliant have you have you out of interest have you ever heard of the the mimo product 
No. Okay, so on a, a previous episode of, of the Portsmouth Running Podcast, I interviewed um, a founder of MIMO, Craig Downs, and Craig has developed a device which you wear. It basically comes as a little package in a box, which is which is all neatly packaged up, and it's got a sock with a little what looks like a USB stick. Okay. And you, you wear it on your foot, and you go out for a run for probably about a minute and a half down the road, barefoot, um, and then you put it on the other foot. And then it connects to an app on the phone, which basically processes all the data um, and using various bits of technology and software and algorithms, it works out the same kind of thing you were talking about, you know, which brands, which shoes across all the lines of shoes that they've got in their database. They're not, they're not tied to any brands. Um, yeah. And it kind of just uh, suggests what, what shoe to get, you know, whether you're a pronator or underpronator, et cetera. So yeah. Inter interesting. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. There's great products out there that will give you all that data. And it's really, really key, especially if you're, you know, suffering certain injuries that seem to not go away it just does highlight a few issues so yeah mm. there is some great great bits of kit out there yeah yeah no it's awesome no, that's that's great that you offer that and uh yeah any any other kind of services that the store do that you think kind of stands out um anything else you want to you want to kind of let us know about before we move on yeah so the other thing is i think is the tech side of things as well so i know with most most runners pretty much all runners the watch is just as important as the footwear as well and that gives mm -hmm. us all the data so um we we pretty much sell most of the garmin garmin forerunners in here we do the fenix range as well online we, we do chorus which i know um yourself use those as well so yep. um and you know I, i'm a user of the, the fenix six so from a knowledge point of view i've, you know, I've got a good good understanding of what watches do what and um because there's a bit of a minefield out there there's a lot of watches out there um and it can be a little bit um heavy to understand what which one does what so yeah, uh yeah the tech side of things as well I'm, I'm quite knowledgeable on that sort of thing that's interesting i'm i'm, I'm really pleased that you said that you stock uh chorus watches online because obviously they're they're quite a kind of a new company out there and you know, a lot of people have kind of been inquiring about the watches and stuff. Do they, is, is there a lot of interest in Coros at the moment? Or uh, do, do you there see There is. I've had a number of people come in actually in store and it's a shame I haven't got the actual live copies or the live units in store to be able to be able to check out. But yeah, uh, yeah it's definitely a brand that's getting out there um, and people are understanding now that there's more to, to the watch industry than just Garmin. So yeah, I think that's definitely a brand to watch. Hmm, for sure to watch excuse we got this yeah, is full of puns, another, another pun <laughs> <laughs> brilliant Simon, brilliant now i wanted to ask you very quickly because i know that we don't have um all afternoon to chat unfortunately because i'd love to discuss so much more but shoes obviously yes. most most important product for runners potentially um and we're always i guess as runners always searching for that perfect kind of all-round shoe that will that will do everything for us and never give us a blister and never produce any injuries i think kind of almost an impossible ask really but uh um what do what do runners need offer um runners when deciding on what shoes to buy how do you how do you kind of approach it yourself and in store so for me i think it's under, again understanding you know what what type of runner we've got um you know what distance they're running for a start um so we do a, a good range of brands in store we do brooks asics hocker um on running um, a few nikes as well so um okay and we do some other niche brands like a few ultras um so there is a good variety of, of brands that we do in store here um i would say probably the popular ones are going to be brooks and hocker at the moment they do seem to be flood in the market and they and to be fair they do some really good footwear okay good are you uh 
a user of any of those brands yourself? Do you do you wear those? Do you wear Brooks and Hoka? Um, so I've tried Brooks in the past, and not for me. Um, I do. I'm quite lucky in respect where I get to try out quite a few different brands. Um, but I have to say, Hoka are in in the in the locker. They I, they do get used. Um, but Adidas and Saucony are my my road shoes anyway. Okay. Brilliant. And 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 just for the for the audience out there, I didn't pay Simon to say that at all. He said it off the off his own back. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. And I guess um another question for you is each time uh, shoe brands bring out new models or maybe perhaps you know bring bring a new a new level up, like you know going from five to six to seven. There's obviously slight changes in the shoe and stuff do is there any kind of like training that goes on with the brands behind the scenes so that you know you guys as as sellers and effectively your customer reps i guess for the shop do you get to understand what each of those changes does for the shoe yes we do yeah because obviously in in the past um you know before all the restrictions were in uh, we used to get um the brand reps coming in quite regularly giving us updates on the new technology and the forthcoming new stars etc etc but as at the moment with with the world we are in at the moment, a lot of it's now done online. So we do have something called Mayagi, which is all the brands use and they put all their new content on there and the new knowledge and the new information about the new products. Um, But to be fair, I I do a lot of the searching myself because again, you know, I'm interested in it. I want to know what's going on. So for me, it just benefits myself, but also my customers as well and my team as well, because then I'm ahead of the game. I kind of know what's coming through the, um, through the industry before it actually lands in store. So, um, but yeah, there, there is a good amount of knowledge out there at the moment in terms of training platforms that we use as a business. So we're all always pretty up there with what's going on. That's great. That's, that's, that's good to know. Just, I'm just always curious as to how, you know, that kind of level of change and stuff is managed in store. But uh, yeah, I guess, it, I guess it's good that that information's kind of passed on to, to the stores, which is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I was going to move on to clothing very quickly because obviously, um, as you know, when it comes to like running clothing and stuff, sustainability seems to be like the hugest topic at the moment because there's a there's a huge problem with you know the amount of of clothing waste, especially from kind of like the sports the sports industry. Um, and I've had um, Charlotte Jaley from Rerun on the show before to kind of speak about the good work they're they're doing over in Shoreham on Sea. Um, but Runners Need, I, I noticed on their website had had set um, Quite a, quite a distinguishable promise to have a fully operational repair and care service by 2022, which I thought was really interesting because, again, I've, I've not seen that. And, and it, they may exist, but I've not seen that on other sports um, clothing websites. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So it was if we step back, probably be about three years ago, um, Runners Need used to do a Recycle My Run. So basically, you could just bring an old pair of shoes in that, you know, they can be any state. It, it doesn't matter. Um, drop them into the bin in store. Um, certain times of the year, you'd get a little £20 off card to get off £20 off a new pair of shoes in store. And then the um, the shoes would go off to the recycle firm. And if they were in good nick, then they were, they were passed on to, to other, you know, other countries that may need it. But if not, then they were all broken down and the materials were used into all sorts of different areas of industry, uh, whether it be running tracks, whether it be housing, um, insulation there's all sorts of things that the 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 products were broken down and and used okay um it's something that we've now spread out to actually the cotswold side of things and um also the repair side of things as well so it is something that we're using on all three fascias that we have 
but it really kind of started with the recycle my run with with runners need um, and then they're doing it with clothing as well so it's something that the business is really passionate about and getting sustainability within the um within the brands that's the, the kit that we sell as well so i know a lot of running brands especially adidas at the moment um, are really into their uh, recycle kits so it's it's out there it is happening it's just it's when all the brands will come on board with it but i don't think it'll be too long yeah it's, it's really good to see that that kind of um issue is is slowly being tackled and stuff and obviously i know there's a there's a load of awareness around it so i, I did want to ask but I think the the repair and care service is um is is such a good idea because there's so much kit that can kind of continue to be used and in various ways. So so great 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 to hear. Thank you, Simon. Um, uh, I guess are there any tips for running in summer weather? Because I, w- I wanted to ask you because obviously you know when it comes to clothing and and keeping cool in the heat, um for me it's a massive issue. I know and I know a lot of people do suffer in the heat. So any any good products you can you can recommend that you have in store? I think, uh, you know, as we know, all the all the good running product out there, it's all breathable. It's all technical materials. So it does work well. A lot of them will come with SPS um, factor protection as well. Okay. But I think for me, it's, you know, first of all, let's let's run when it's the, co- the coolest part of the day. So first thing in the morning, I know a lot of people that I know that do run in the mornings anyway. So it's, it's, it's key to get into the, the cooler time of the day. Um, avoid that middle of the day running. Uh, make sure you're well hydrated, you know, a hat, um, maybe looser technical clothing, you know, lighter okay. colours as well. Um, but, yeah, that sort of thing is, is just and also just slowing your pace down. You know, yeah. I, as, I, as I say, I found it out the other day how much the heat can affect you. I wasn't prepared for that and it wiped me out. Um, mm. So we know the, fit, the heat can have a massive factor on us. And, uh, you know, we just need to go out and enjoy our runs and not put our bodies under too much pressure when when the weather does get to, to the, the heat that it can do. But I think, yeah, we're just making sure that we've got that lighter weight, the lighter colour clothing on will help massively. OK, all, all fantastic tips there, Simon. And I, I fail on the first point that you raised there with uh, running running in the midday sun. So I, I always wonder why I'm so hot. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm the same. I'm, I'm terrible in the mornings. I much prefer running later yeah. in the day. Um, but it is, like you say, it's dealing with that heat as well. So uh, maybe maybe I should set my alarm a little bit earlier. Mm. I've just I've actually just recently um, bought myself uh, an ice cap, which is something I've I was inspired to buy after watching some of the Bad Water and Western States videos. Which a cap that kind of has a has a really tight kind of stretchy uh, pack at the back of it. So you basically just fill it with ice, and it kind of just runs down the back of your neck and down your back and stuff so hope what a great idea yeah i love that idea we should have about that two weeks ago (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i'm looking forward to using it so i shall let you know how it goes um yeah no i'll be be good to hear how you get on cool cool listen simon uh, as we come to an end uh, anything else that you'd like to kind of mention about runners need um you know because i know there'll be a lot of people listening kind of wondering about coming in to to visit you at some point um just tell us yeah no just just Anything anybody ever needs, um, just pop over, um, give me a shout. I know it's especially for the for Portsmouth people, it's a it's a bit of a drive. Um, but you know, I'm on the end of the phone, I'm on Facebook. So if anybody's ever got a question, they just want to fire at me just to check some products, whatever it is, you know, you know where I am, just give me a shout. It's it's never going to be a problem. I'll cool. try and answer these questions as best as I can. Um, but yeah, if you fancy a trip out, then come over and see me. It'd be nice to it's nice to meet people. 
Cool. Well, I'm definitely going to do that myself. So I'd love to come and come and say hello in store soon. So hopefully I'll put that in my diary at some point over the next few weeks. But where can people find out more about yourself, Simon, on social media? Are you on Instagram and uh, Twitter and all those those, those platforms? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. So um, Facebook, just Simon Borum. And in Instagram, it's Simon uh, underscore Borum underscore runs. Okay, brilliant. Excellent. And Runners Need, do they have uh, social media platforms as well people can use? Yeah, so their their main their big pusher will be on Instagram. So it'll just be running runners need on Instagram. Yeah. Excellent. Simon, that's that, that's absolutely been brilliant. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and come and chat with us. Um, and I know that you know yourself just how brilliant the running community is down here in Portsmouth and, and along the entire stretch of the South Coast, really. Um, you know, it's, it's great that you kind of come on to, to share your experiences as store manager at Runners Need. I wish you all the best with your adventures ahead and hope to catch up soon. Thanks very much, Dan. It's been my pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All the best. Cheers. Graham Carter, a very big welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Uh, I have to start off by asking how you are keeping on this fine evening. I'm really well, thanks, Daniel. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting back into the swing of working full time after a strange year of being out of work for a lot of it, but um, it's all good. Excellent, excellent. I, I know we've um, we were just talking a little bit earlier, and we said you know how how much of a strange year it's been for everybody and we've mentioned running a lot but we often don't mention uh, jobs and careers and all sorts of you know family changes and stuff going on which is you know happening for a lot of people and yeah it's just uh been, a, been an odd year one of those one of those strange ones with plenty of changes but uh um Graham I've got to start by by just saying it was my co-host David Harvey who we obviously both know in common that mentioned you as a potential future guest for the show which is which is where we bought it here and I'm really thankful that we could make it happen so very much appreciate you coming on and um yeah, uh, I guess you know Dave through racing at Centurion. I do. Yeah, I've I've met him a few times um, when he's volunteered, and I've been running, and vice versa. Um, he's a, he's a great guy, great character, and uh, yeah, we we've been threatening to go out for a run together, but I'm not sure I could keep up. <laughs> uh, he's he he's good actually. He's really good. He'll 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 run so if you're actually now's a good time to get him because he's uh he's coming coming off the back of an injury and stuff. But yeah, no, Dave's an incredible runner, isn't he? He's um he can just seem to kind of grit through uh, those those end miles in a in a long distance race and just keep going. And I, I just I often try and I'm trying to steal his secrets about how he does it and stuff. Um, but wasn't it amazing recently, uh, Graham? I don't know if you noticed just how many people. Um, in Portsmouth and and you know in the surrounding areas um, took part in the most recent South Downs Way 100. Did you notice how many how many local runners there were? Um, there was quite a few that I knew. Yeah, um, I actually volunteered at the start um, for the South Downs Way 100. I missed you unfortunately, didn't I? But yes, um, yeah, I volunteered at the start and then I went for a little run along the South Downs Way afterwards and saw David actually um, and saw a few other runners um, locally to us. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's um, yeah, it's it's, I, it's, I, it's really good. It's such it's such a good event, and it was it was just amazing. I think I really liked this year. I don't know if you used it, but the new tracking app that they've got, which seems to be yeah. working really well. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, you can kind of just select the the runners that you want to watch, and and then obviously just flick back to everybody to find out where the where the front runners are, and it's yeah, it just works really well when you when you get used to it. But you you just mentioned there that you obviously volunteering on the day and stuff. Um, so were you just helping out for the whole day, or for just for a small portion of it, and and, and what were you actually doing on the day? Um, so this time around, I was uh, supporting at the start. So um, I I got up and uh, got to the start for four a.m., which is always a joy. 
um, <laughs> to help attach the trackers to people before they set off. Um, I mean, that's unusual for me. Normally, I'd be doing quite a long stint, you know, at, at these races. Um, anything from, you know, kind of, I guess normally it'd be 10, 12 hours plus. Okay. Um, at all of the Centurion races I volunteered at previously. So I, it, it's amazing. I mean, you know, I it keeps my love for the sport alive when I volunteer at these races. And before I did my first 50 miler, I volunteered at Southlands Way 50. And yeah. um, you just learn so much volunteering. You learn mm, so much absolutely. about how people come in and out of aid stations but also just how people get through it um and to and it, it's a privilege to be part of their journey and you know i it, the mask wearing has been a bit of a drag for me really because i've got a bit of a cheesy online reputation for running selfies and a bit of a grinner <laughs> and we all <laughs> um, and yeah and people refer to me you know i, I call myself gc so you know, lots of people will come in smiling and, and seeing me, and I like to think I send them on their way with, uh, you know, with a, a little bit of a pep in their step. Because I know what it's like when you when you get there. You want someone to give you a bit of a boost. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you could um, like a draw a little uh, smiley face on the uh, on, on the outside of your face mask. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was volunteering with someone last year who had one of the smiley face masks, which was um, yeah quite amusing. Yeah. Do you know, I've actually noticed that, Graham. It's funny you should, you should mention that about kind of, you know, not being able to smile at people and kind of, you know, show show a little bit of facial expression. I've realized, you know, through lockdown and stuff, just how much of your, the expression on your face you use when you're talking to people. And, you know, somebody can can kind of say something nice to you in the street when you've got, a, or in a shop when you've got a mask on. And, you know, you smile in return, but then you realize when you walk away that they actually probably didn't see your smile. They just saw your eyes. <laughs> so you feel kind of a little bit guilty about the fact that they maybe didn't see that you were you responded in a, in a, in a happy way, but yeah, quite, quite an interesting point there, but Graham, just before we move on, I thought um, it would be great for you to maybe take just, just a minute or so um, to tell everyone listening a little bit about yourself, um, perhaps maybe again, introduce yourself and, and tell us your full name, where in, where in the area you're located. Um, and also maybe perhaps like a little bit about your running or, or even how your friends would describe you any way you want to do it over to you. Okay, so uh, so Graham Carter, uh, I'm, I live in Emsworth. Uh, I've, I've been here for the last um, 19 years, um, originally from kind of Portsmouth area, and um, got into running. I guess in my in my 20s, I kind of started running a little bit, just to just to keep a little bit fit, but really only in my um, I guess from. 30 about 33 i started running regularly okay. um for the great south run which was my first one um and uh how would people describe me um optimistic resilient <laughs> yeah and um cheery i think generally that's good that's good I know, I know we've we've kind of like you know missed each other and stuff over the end. we haven't had a chance to run yet together and stuff like that but that, that's how I exactly picture you with all the research I've done for this podcast Graham so <laughs> that kind of like a is, is a good close match <laughs> I'm living my brand then that's it that's it yeah you're living living how you really are though what you see is what you get um how has the lack of racing and stuff been for you over the you know kind of like this last year and stuff because I saw that you 
in fact, we did something. We need to chat chat a little bit about about this on 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 the recording here. Um, you'd kind of done a few challenges yourself over over the lockdown period, which was 2020. Um, how was it for you? Was it good? Was it bad? Um, did it did it motivate you to run more or less? Just always curious to find out from from the guests how how that went for them. Um, lockdown was brilliant for me for my running. I've had my my most consistent and biggest um, mileage year last year uh, by a long stretch. Um, I think the fact that I was you know I went through redundancy last summer, so I had uh, for uh, two months in between jobs, and then I was made kind of out of work again in January. Wow, uh, four months gap between jobs, so it gave me a sense of purpose and something to do. Okay. Uh, particularly with with lockdown when we weren't allowed to leave our houses more than once a day i wanted to make the most of it <laughs> yeah so, um i yeah i really got into running really regularly I, I although i run trail races i've tended to run a lot of my weekday runs on road in recent years and actually last year in lockdown i, I got into the habit of running early mornings before work which i've never been able to do and kind of make work with commuting Okay. But I actually got into, um, while I was still working before I was redundant last summer, I, I got into the habit of running early and, and I love it. I'm, I'm in that habit now. I mean, I'm getting up at five o'clock every morning and running. Oh my God. I, <laughs> That's early. I, honestly, I, it's the best time of day for me. I absolutely love it. I look forward to getting up at that time. And even in the winter, I mean, talking about some of the virtual challenges, they they really gave me a boost last year. I, I did like the virtual spine. I did the Marco Thumb, which is run every day in um, December. Okay. And I did that with the um, Lakeland um, challenge and the virtual spine in January. And uh, I had a two month run streak. I never. I always said I'd never do a run streak because I think they're really bad for your physical health, but. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad I tried it and my running came on really well um, I actually had it was a bit of a strange year because I know you're gearing up for the Kevin Kenneth and Avon canal race yes that's right yeah and I was actually entered into that for last July and okay. so I was training all the way through with a view to doing that race in July and it got cancelled um, in June so I decided not to uh, roll my entry forward this year i've kind of changed my plans for this year but okay um, that that gave me a, um, an incentive to to get to the start line in reasonable shape anyway so it in summary last year was absolutely fantastic for me and one thing that i've learned in recent years more than anything else is that running is it's my savior mentally without oh. a doubt oh, that, that headspace um getting out there when you know you've got difficulties at work or you're trying to find work or you've got problems at home or whatever it might be it's it's just like um you find your soul on the trail don't you it's 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 solace yeah absolutely it's 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 certainly my favorite thing to be doing you know no matter if it's the trail or a road or if i'm running in circles in a car park you know it's just um, it's just it's just that space that um that movement that that flow that feeling of your your feet kind of pressing over the ground and stuff. It's just every, everything about it just kind of makes sense. It just all comes together. And I was having a chat recently to somebody, um, a friend I was running with and just talking about, you know, how easy it is as well to communicate with other people when you're running. It's just, it just feels so natural. And yeah, it's just a good, a good place to be a good, a good activity to be a part of. And I'm glad that it kind of 
saw you through uh, last year and, and the running went, went, went well for you without races. That's great. Um, but I know you did uh, with Simon Welch, uh, another mutual friend of ours, another runner. Yeah. Um, you did an Isle of Wight self-supported run, which was a, circum- uh, a kind of loop of the island, I guess. We did. Um, we had it planned for May last year, just before you, you went and did it, didn't you, David? Yeah, but I can't. Yes, we did. But I can't remember what month it was that we did it. And <laughs> I should I should realize that cause it was last year. Yeah, I because th- I, I, we had it scheduled for May, but it was still it was still locked down and we were a bit twitchy about um, whether it was the right thing to do or not. So, OK, we planned it and we did it in um, September. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those love it or hate it kind of things. It's the second self-supported adventure run I've done. I did one four years ago when I got on a train from Chichester to Horsham okay. and ran along a very um, well at the time it was very poorly kept trail the West Sussex Literary Trail okay. with maps and compass and stuff um, and that they're, they're, they're completely different to a race um, and I don't know, it's just an amazing experience it's a great adventure to just say we're, we're going to go from here to here and the mm. Isle of Wight is one of those bucket list things that's been kind of, it looks at you from Portsmouth, doesn't it? And you go, I need to go around that. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're exactly right. Because I run on the seafront every day, most days, um, obviously through, you know, since lockdowns come. And I always look at it and I always, you know, even before lockdown, I, you know, on the weekends when I was running in Portsmouth, I'd see the Isle of Wight and think, you know, that's that's 100k around there. I could I could probably yeah. give that a bash. And uh, yeah, I was so pleased that we did it because... You know, not only that, but it kind of like maps the island for you a little bit in your mind and you kind of know where where Sandown is and where Ventnor is now. And you kind of get a much, much better idea of the island itself. And it's just such a great uh, loop to do self-supportive because you've got shops en route and there's there's a few, there's a couple of kind of longish stretches, but no no different than you'd find at a, at a Centurion event or, or or another long run. Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience to me. It didn't pan out the way we hoped it would, and and you know, I mean, we still did it, but we I think we're pretty certain we're going to go back and better what we did last time at some stage. Cool. Well, let us know when you do that because I'm I'd, I'd love to go back and actually uh, do it again. So uh, maybe maybe we can make a, a group group event of it and invite some people along. We'll never uh, stay great. in pace with you. <laughs> no, it's fine, man. It's all good. <laughs> we'll stay together. Um. Uh, Graham, quickly before we move into your story, and I I'd, I'd kind of love to find out kind of like where where the running started for you, and you've kind of alluded to the fact that you've done the Great South Run and stuff like that beforehand. But just very very quickly before we move into that, any other big hobbies in your life apart from all the the time consuming and and selfish running that we do? Um, I've, I, I have a an ex colleague and friend, Adam Walsh, who would be laughing his head off when he heard that question because right. We, we used to um, do induction at the company we used to work for as trainers and um, when we used to talk about our hobbies um, to the new starters he'd say okay his hobbies were kind of running and um, snowboarding and then he'd look at me and say and Graham's hobbies are running <laughs> so it's, it's pretty much just running it's running I mean if I'm reading I'm reading about running or I'm reading about endurance or I'm reading autobiographies of people which is all about kind of you know mental resilience and stuff yeah. like that or listening to podcasts about running obviously. that's good um that's, that's pretty good, much yeah. it <laughs> yeah I think you know, I think it's nice when you have a passion like that that you can because I guess some passions we do you know you might um you know I don't know I'm gonna name some random things here like riding horses like playing chess and you'll go and do those things 
Um, whereas some, you know, sports or activities you do or hobbies that are real proper, like deep passions you have. There's so many different angles you can come at, like you say, doing reading or what, you know, when you're watching a documentary, you make it about the running. When you're, you know, writing a blog post, make it about the running. There's loads of different kind of angles or, you know, like this, doing a podcast. Um, you get to see a different side of it. You know, you get to speak to people and share experiences and stories and, yeah, I think that's that kind of just shows how much uh, or how important the running is to you. So that, that's that's great. So going back a little bit now, um, I guess you told me in your write up that, uh, you know, you weren't really running at an early age and stuff. It wasn't running wasn't really your thing. Um, you weren't you said you weren't very athletic or, or particularly particularly into any sporting activities or, or anything like that. Um, is that is that is that about right? And you said you, you might have had a little bit of asthma as well. You might have been a bit asthmatic as a kid. It, that is absolutely right. I was, I think I was borderline asthmatic. I wasn't diagnosed as asthmatic, but I, I was very wheezy as a child. Okay. And um, certainly, you know, I mean, I, I, I was half joking, but it's, it's not really joking, you know, in terms of school PE lessons and stuff like that, I would always be one of the last few to be picked because I just was so unathletic and unsporty and really not that bothered about it. You know, I, I didn't really want to be playing football. Um, I didn't really want to be doing those things and and the thought of running twice around uh, the school playing field for um, for games was oh, it was horrendous you know mm. so you know how how I ended up where I am now I look back and think what would I think you know, yeah I have no idea how I'd get got here yeah I can so relate to that Graham it's like you know I've said it before on the show with with other guests when we've been talking about you know running in, in our youth and if I met my younger self now and, t and said what I was doing, it would just be a complete and utter mismatch. And it's a, <laughs> I think, uh, I don't think the two would, uh, would two ever, ever, they, they would never agree, you know, if, if the two ever met, but um, it's just strange. It's, it's like, it's quite contrasting how, how, you know, you can change over time, you know, people, people change all the time and hobbies change and things change and you can become, you know, somebody who never used to run at all to somebody who suddenly wants to run, hundred miles it's uh you know you just never say never i guess is, is one of the one of the phrases and quotes i wanted to say definitely yeah cool so when would you say in your life was your and I'm, I'm gonna say very first run obviously it, you, you know you may not remember your very first run but maybe the time in your life which led you to the running that you're, that you're doing now was it a friend that invited you or a club or a, were you inspired by a book or video or something like that it's a bit deeper than that, really. I mean, I, I, I um, uh, like I said, I, in my twenties, I started to run a little bit just because I was, you know, I kind of thought I needed to um, lose a little bit of timber I was putting on with just drinking all the time and stuff. And then um, I used to go to the gym and use the treadmill and stuff just to keep fit. But then um, I used to be a teacher several years ago, and um, uh, a an ex-colleague of mine got diagnosed with throat cancer as a non-smoker wow okay. um, and she she then subsequently passed away so in 2004 I think it was I went to her funeral so I drove up to Kent to her funeral and it was one of these moments where I was listening to to the eulogy and they were talking about how she had um you know she'd represented her county at tennis she died at 34 I think she was she very young the county at tennis she'd gone over to africa and she'd helped to build a school and i was sitting in the in the congregation and thinking what have i done if this was me right now what would they be saying about me honestly it was one of those moments of 
almost reckoning and thinking I'm 34 years old what have I done with 33 what have I done with my life to date other than work yeah um, and so on the drive home I mean coming from Portsmouth known about the Great South Run I'd never run more than four miles I think up to that point and and I drove home and on the drive home I decided I'm going to do the Great South Run next October wow um, and I'm going to do it for cancer research to raise money in her memory so that's what I did and it was such a big deal to to think how am I going to run 10 miles yeah yeah how on earth am I going to get there um, and I trained for eight months and I can remember when I took my long runs up from like six miles to eight miles and thinking oh my goodness how am I going to do 10 yeah um, but you did it across yeah it was one of those it was it was a very emotional one because I, I crossed the finish line having not stopped and run all the way um and I can't say that I do that normal races now um and uh you know I had one of those moments kind of looking up and saying that was for you Mary and it was very emotional and I rang her parents afterwards and kind of said what I'd done and I think I raised about 1500 pounds yeah it, it it kind of set me off so I I ended up enjoying the Great South Run experience and I did that I think for about seven or eight years on the trot um but what I would do every year Daniel is I'll do the Great South Run and not run for about six months and then start again yeah yeah very very similar to myself actually yeah painful that's a remarkable, um, remarkable story. Then I, I had no idea kind of how that that inspiration came to you. And uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, very very moving story there. But well, well done on on kind of getting into it and uh, using that to kind of spark off, you know, what is now a huge part of your life. So it's kind of almost like a, a passing gift, I guess, in a in a way you could see it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I quickly got to ask, uh, have you got a favourite part of the Great South Run route, seeing as though you've done it so many times, <laughs> or a not-so-favourite part? <laughs> well, a not-so-favourite <laughs> part, everyone will say, is the last stretch along the seafront with the wind against you. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe going through, um, what's the road in Eastney that just seems to go on forever? Oh, Henderson Road, yeah. Yes, yeah, maybe that bit. Um favorite bit i think would be going through the dockyard okay you enjoy passing the ships and stuff and what about the cobbles yeah. what about the cobbles under feet no that's not so good that's no. not so good <laughs> the last time i ran the great stuff actually my brother i've got an older brother who's three years older than me and he got into triathlon in in recent years and he wanted to do a a, a 90 minute um great south run so i've managed to do sub 90 a few times so i've actually paced him round okay um, which was which was a great experience to, to be there with your brother and kind of just you know who you look up to and he's looking up to you as a as a runner and kind of trying to drag him around so that's that awesome. was my last experience of it and i enjoyed that a lot oh fantastic fantastic i think it's i think it's like you know all credit to to all the org- various organizers over the years for the great south because so many so many guest stories including my own you know started with that race so I think it yeah deserves all all the credits you know yeah, I know some people say it's a big event and it's very kind of like over saturated with people and organization and stuff but like but it's you know it's kind of opened the doors to 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 running to a lot of a lot of people I know Yeah me too Yeah So listen you had a very I guess well from what you sent me over over email a very sharp sudden turn straight into like the longer distance running in 2012 where 
you took part in the London Marathon. And I have actually read a little bit about your experience in the London Marathon. <laughs> With blow, blowing up, blowing up at the at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, sure. But you you obviously um went on to run 50k plus distances after that and you've done a number of 100 mile races as well which we're going to kind of dig into to, to the detail with um, a little bit shortly but before we do that what kind of drew you to the longer distances so quickly uh you know what kind of made you go from that great south run thing in 2000 2011 i think it was or somewhere around there and then straight into you know the marathon and then also like a sharp turn straight into the you know 100 mile distance and 50 mile distance it's it's a very cliche to be honest, Daniel, because um, every year when the London Marathon was on, I would watch it, and like lots of um, people who run at all would look and go, "Oh, yeah. I'd love to do it one day." So I actually went into the ballot for the London Marathon four years on the trot. In the days when if you'd entered five times and not got in, you were guaranteed an entry. I forgot to enter one year. Oh no. And, and then they stopped that rule. So um, every yeah, every year I was thinking I'd love to get going and do that. I'm not sure if I can, but I'd, I'd love to. And then in 2012, I, um, a guy I used to work with said that his mum was associated with a charity who had places, and he basically put a place in my lap and said, "There's a place for you if you can raise this amount of money, which was a lot less than what most charities will ask you to raise. Okay, um, you can have a guaranteed place and." I kind of thought about it for a minute and then it was one of those, well, I'm going to regret it if I say no. Yeah, for sure. So I, I got a place in 2012 and I did the absolutely stereotypical thing, even remember going to the expo the day before, being very nervous like everyone else and listening to a talk and saying, don't go out too fast, don't go out too fast. And of course, I went out too fast. We always do that, Graham. We just never, we, ne we, never, we never get it until we actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting to Tower Bridge, which was about, I think it was about 12 miles in, and kind of felt really comfortable that, that's up to that point, and then thought, oh, this is this is not good. Mm. Um, and the last six miles, I think, definitely got to 20 miles, and I, I ended up run walking it. Um, however, I did take the view, hang on a minute, this is 2012, this is Olympic year, this is my first marathon, it's a guaranteed PB. I'm going to enjoy it. So I didn't beat myself up for the fact that I ended up run walking the last bit. I, I soaked it up and I'm glad I did. That's good. That's good. That's really good. And I, I like your attitude there that you didn't, you know, you just thought, you know, this is the first time, Pete, it's going to be a PB. Who cares? Just just finish it and enjoy the experience and stuff. Um, and you, I guess you kind of missed your target pace a little bit on that, uh, on that first one. Yeah, quite a lot. I was going, I think I was going for four, four, 45 something like that i wasn't being massively ambitious but yeah i was quite a way off okay um, i've got a similar so experience at, at london actually uh getting a long story but getting back from uh a very very long journey from australia and then going straight to the start line of the london marathon uh less than 24 hours later and um i had uh you know i just got my, my whole body cramped at about 15 miles and 15 miles is like a you know a shorter long run for me on the weekend and i just, I just couldn't run I, I had people kind of passing me trying to trying to grab me to make me run and my legs just were, were just cramping so badly that i couldn't move <laughs> it was it was um a ter i need to go back at some point it was a terrible experience i need to i need to go and go and revisit it at some point <laughs> well I've, I've i've only ever run two road marathons and it was london twice i actually got in through the ballot in 2016 mm. 
that was a really strange year for me, and perhaps we'll, we'll touch on that later. But yeah, um, I'm, I, I, um, yeah, I was going for a PB then. I've never done a sub four marathon, and that's something that's kind of in the back of my mind. I'd love to do that. Um, and I was on for it halfway, but again, I, I got a bit of cramp at about mile 22. My hamstrings went, all kinds of stuff. But I still got a PB, so you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So, Graham, I was going to ask, in 2013, 14 and 15, you went from running your first 50 miler to your first 24 hour event and then your first 100 miler. Um, and, and I've kind of I've, I've grouped them together. I was, I was going to quickly just say, because I thought it might be easier to maybe talk about the longest stuff as a whole um, yeah. rather than each individual race, because obviously we've, we're limited with time and stuff. But um, could you take us through? kind of like the longest stuff experiences as a whole perhaps maybe with your 50 miler and tell us about, about how you trained and and kind of how you adjusted over the years to eventually building up to 100 yeah so the the, the 50 miles really interesting because I, I never um i never even knew about the ultra stuff and i think this is where a lot of us come from you just think marathon is it yeah and um and i I listened to another podcast called Maximize Your Potential, which um, was around a few years ago. And a guy called Kevin Matthews was a presenter of that. And he interviewed business people and endurance athletes. And it was all about mindset, really, fundamentally. And he, he did the North Downs Way 50 in 2012. Okay. And um, I, because I was a big promoter of this podcast, because I really liked it, and I was on Twitter a lot in those days, we, we, we got chatting over Twitter messages and stuff. And... I really struggled on, on my last long run before London and he very kindly picked up the phone to me and had a conversation with me. And then after he did the North Downs Way 50, a, a month or so later, we had a chat and he, and he said he felt less battered after the 50 miler than he did about after a road marathon. Okay. And that was really interesting to me. Um, and he said, if you can do that, you can do this. And it's the, it's the, the archetypal kind of, no, of course I can't yeah yeah exactly and I um so I, I decided well do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go I'll see if that if he says I can then I'll then I'll do it and I, I found a training plan online which I kind of adapted and followed and, uh, and okay. I started blogging my journey actually I've got my blog started in 20 2013 and I, I blog after every race now and I started to blog every week to remind myself of the journey I was taking and all the doubts I was having every week about you know, how can I run further than I've already so tired this week, etc. Um, and actually, I had a I had a race which was much better than I thought it was. I mean, I, I was really just trying to beat the cutoffs and just finish just finish the race. Mm -hmm. And I finished with over an hour to spare, which I was absolutely delighted with. Brilliant. Um, and um, I kind of decided to do the same race the next year. And I said after that, someone said to me that I know Dan Park said, you know, you'll, um, you know, you'll do 100 next. And I said, no chance. I'm never doing that. <laughs> and he reminds me of that to this day. Yeah. Um, but within within a few months, I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to do a 50 miler next year. Again, I'll do this again. I won't do a 100 miler yet. I want to make sure that I'm comfortable with the distance. Um, Great principle. Then, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> and, then, um, and then a friend of mine, a friend of mine and myself, saw this race called Endure Twenty Four, which is a twenty-four hour um, trail race around a five-mile loop. Yes, this one sounds so good. It's 
yeah, we didn't choose the best year for it. Um, but we, we chose that and I thought, do you know what? That'll be a really good test to see whether or how can I fare over 24 hours? How many miles can I do? How far can I keep going? And mentally, I wanted to prepare myself for the possibility of doing 100 miles, really. Okay. Um, and I managed to do 80 miles in 24 hours, which I was delighted with because I actually got injured in the 2014 North Downs by 50 and I had to take three weeks off. So I didn't have ideal prep. Okay. And it was the worst year for Enduro 24 because it was a very wet summer and it was like a mud bath, basically. Oh my goodness. That must have been it atrocious. Was, it, was like porridge. it was horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Um, wow. 80, 80 miles in the mud. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, that, what that did is gave me the confidence uh, and I decided that I was going to do the um, South Desert 800 volunteered in June 2014 and got, got that place for next year. And it gave me the confidence. So I just said, right, okay, I don't know how I'm going to manage to run 100 miles, but I'll find a way and I'm going to get there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I actually, I think I, I wrote my own plan for the first hundred based on my 50 and kind of tweaked it and did a bit of research and um best way to learn dude best way to learn just to kind of look around read talk to people you pick up so much so many useful tips that's it and, and robbie Britton, who's you know he's a very accomplished runner who, who set the course record in 2014 actually yeah um, or 2013 um he he messaged a friend of mine who was training for it as well and he gave some advice about how long your longest run should be and stuff like that. And I just tried to get out and do hills, hills, you know, more hills. Yep. And um, just just get in a space where I could just get it done. Um, Brilliant. And, uh, I got it done. I've, I've got to ask, did you organise a crew or have paces for that run or have you used crew and paces um, for other events? So it's yes to both of those questions, okay. I guess-ish. Um, I, well, actually, in the, for that one, I didn't have a crew of pacers. I, I, kind, I suppose I kind of took it from a quite a pure kind of view, and I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it myself. Okay. Um, so I didn't, I didn't ask anyone to pace me. I didn't ask anyone to crew me, and I, and I did it all off my own back, which... I'm really proud of. I think it's really hard to do that. And yeah, I have had crew since. Mm. Um, I've had crew at one race since. Um, and I've had paces at most of the hundred since. And it does make a big difference, big difference having that support. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was going to ask just how valuable, you know, you you found having a crew and pacer, you know, when you're in the middle of a long run or at the end of a long run and you kind of start needing that that those simple help with simple things like making a coffee or opening a packet or um it must be a real game changer i, I think it's i think it's more than that i think it's the, it's company and it's knowing you're not out there on your own and it's it's almost like an accountability thing because if someone's coming along to pace you they've kindly offered their time and you don't want to let them down yeah so you're going to go and get it done and i mean i mean in 2019 when i ran the South Desway 100 for the second time as part of the Grand Slam. Um, a guy called Matt Bevan, a friend of mine, he paced me for the last um, uh, last half and uh, he's actually coaching me now towards um, my Autumn 100 goal in of October. And, you know, that's it made such a difference having that. 
company and just someone to say let's 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 run now yeah you would you would just think feel sorry for yourself and walk for a bit longer than you should and all that kind of stuff yeah that's that's currently one of the things i'm battling with at the end the the latter stages or maybe the last kind of 30 miles of a of an ultra is um is just how to keep how to keep going and how to how to run a bit more than i am running um and it's such a difficult thing to train because you can't replicate that feeling when you're when you're at mile 70 or 80 in a race you know you only experience it in races um and that doesn't give you a lot of time to kind of you know feel what that feels like and try to try to work with it while you're in that what you know while you're in that pain that pain mode um so no, i always find no matter how much you train you know doing a session on the seafront a fast session or some threshold running or intervals you you just can't get that same feeling Do, have you found the same i i have and I, I mean i've i've made a really conscious effort in the last few years to kind of build really build my mental strength and i mean there's a guy online called david goggins that people either love or hate yes i know david goggins yeah. <laughs> you know he's all savage mindset and his, his book is fantastic i really recommend it he's, he's got an amazing story and i've i've purposefully um in the last few years kind of um set off on some runs it might be a training run on a route that i really hate that i force myself to do because i know it's going to test me mentally um or to, or to just do so i mean you talk about running around um you know in circles in the car park you know i mean I, i'm I, I get a kind of strange catharsis and strange kind of i suppose it's self-flagellation from kind of running running around a certain loop that i do and i've got a, a particular road near to me that i run up and down for the centurion one love 50k okay um virtual in february i actually run up and down that road 56 times wow um it's only about a three percent incline but 50 you know 56 hill reps um i set a pb for 50k which i was delighted with but i cramped up straight away afterwards but i i specifically chose that because i wanted to challenge myself and simon kindly came along and joined me for the first kind of uh you know 12 miles or so of that okay um, it's those kind of things that i think i'm trying to replicate in training so that you know you can you've goggins talks about having the cookie jar and having all these little memories that you can pull on mm. of these these things you've got through in life um and in training and i think that's so powerful i'm going to try and get hold of his um book actually because it sounds like he's got some information in there that i'm uh, maybe some of the stuff i'm looking for um so th yeah thanks thanks for that get thanks it, for that get, tip. Get, get the audio book because the audio book's got some extras in it which is which is really interesting okay no cheers good good tip there and and of course for anybody listening who uh struggles with that kind of mental side of uh of running in the latter stages of an ultra but um listen your first ultra report that i read was was absolutely brilliant and it was very detailed and on this topic of help and kind of finding motivation and stuff the one thing i took from that report um, that really struck out was a certain letter that was left in your drop bag by one of your children <laughs> you got to tell us about that so that that was that was so that was so great <laughs> that, was, that was the so that was my southbound 400 um, and my 100 mile debut in 2015 and i think i called the blog post if i can run 100 miles dot 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 and i was really trying to i was reflecting on it and i was joking as, as i wrote the report because i was thinking it actually took me longer to write the race report than it did to run the race. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my son was, uh, how old was he at that stage? He was about 10, 11. 
and um, you know he he doesn't have a lot to say about my running, but you know he he gave me a little envelope um, which I put in my um, uh, in my race vest to, to open a, a stage when I needed to, and I got to I think it was about ninety miles in, and I was I was struggling a little bit, and I. I thought I've saved it. I'll open it up, and it was just a sheet of A4 paper, and it had some words on it, and he'd attached some little bits of like string to it and stuff, and it had things like you know, you can do it, and um, you've got this, and you know, it brings a tear to my eye now thinking that's about so it. sweet. It's, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's such a lovely thing to 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 be able to to draw upon in those moments. And one thing that I you know. I always try to do my running is set an example for him. So in terms of the discipline of getting out and doing the training, in terms of, you know, I mean, my wife says, you're not going out to run in this, are you? You know, it's pouring down the rain. And I say, yeah, of course. Cause yeah, I get that as well. <laughs> I've got to go. So I, I try and set an example for him and, you know, just showing that any, anything is possible. And going back to, you know, my, journey from a you know, semi-asthmatic schoolboy to where I am now you know I think there's testaments we're all capable of so much more than we think yeah absolutely good, re- really good point there and like you say it's great to have that to be that example for your children and kind of yeah lead, lead by example certainly that's great I think just briefly to build on that I mean in mm-hmm. 20, 2017 I did the Northbound 200 as my third 100 miler yeah I did that was my first DNF I, I, I didn't deserve to finish it um, because I wasn't fit enough, I, I tried a different mode of training that didn't work, which was basically a bit more haphazard. Okay. Um, but there is a backstory to that because my father passed away about six weeks before the race, so Ooh, right. I didn't I didn't finish, and I wanted to get that buckle for for Bob. Um, and um, I I then decided I'm going to redo my training and start again, and that's when I set the Grand Slam goal, and I went back to that race two years later got that buckle and you know that was an incredibly emotional moment because it's and and i wanted and that's a really important statement as well for for him and you know and and anyone else that i know really it's just like i'm going back i'm I'm getting this you know i'm i've learned from it it's made me stronger yeah i always think um for me dnf doesn't stand for um did not finish it stands for uh do not forget because you you learn more with a dnf i think than you do crossing the line um and you know yeah not you know similar experience to you with my temp my recent thames path 100 you know I, I didn't get through it in 2019 i um i got too cold and, and ill um and i had to wait two years to go back but it's you know it, it just it just made me concentrate more work on what i needed to work on more and you know it just made crossing that line this year you know it's just sweeter um, Redemption is so sweet, isn't it? It is. It's 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 just amazing, and it's it's something I think we're we're all going to have to go through as as ultra runners at some point. So a very interesting tale there. But on on the on the point of uh, DNF scrims, it's it's obviously one something I wanted to bring up because um, I wanted to get your opinion on it. You know, it's it's often like a runner's worst fear is is not finishing. Um, obviously, we all enter these events, and like you know, we train so hard for them, and like you've just said, you know, you train for months and years, and you put plans together, and and then having to drop out and stuff and, and not get to the finish line can be quite um, can be quite an awful experience. And I know I've, I've kind of felt that myself personally. Um, can you tell us your thoughts on 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 the DNF and 
you know, just maybe a little bit more about how, kind of how you cope with it and stuff. So my thoughts on that have changed recently, actually. So okay. I always used to, I always used to think, why would you voluntarily withdraw from a race if, if you've got time to to get it done? I always said I would basically the only the only reason I would DNF is because I've got timed out or because you know I'm seriously ill or injured or it's a, it's a risk yeah. to my life. You know, if I can keep moving, and I'm going to keep moving until they either cut me off or I get to the finish, um, and and that that DNF in 2017, you know, yeah, I took it on the chin, fine, you know, it, 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 that that was out of my hands, if you like, because I got timed out, got lost, etc. Okay. Thames Path um, 2021, I lined up for, and I was expecting to have a great race, didn't pan out that way, lots of things went wrong didn't have a had some issues with my shin and stuff and ended up walking about 35 miles power hiking and actually i had plenty of time to get it finished but i got to goring got to mile 71 and i decided by the time i got there do you know what i'm done this is not for me today i might be risking injuring myself more i think um i can get it done but i don't want it enough i've got nothing to prove i've done these before um, and I mean that's it. I always it's dangerous with your second hundred. I think when you've done your first one, and I remember speaking to James Elson after I finished the Southampton's Way hundred, and he said the DNF rate is 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 higher for second time hundred milers than it is for first because you've got a fire in your belly with your first, haven't you? For sure. Mm. You just want to get it done if you if you can, unless circumstances conspire against you. Um, but I'm, I, I've, I've completely changed my opinion. I think, do you know what? It's only jogging. You know, it's not, I'm not going to be on the podium. I'm yep. doing this because I enjoy it. Um, I do it to test myself. Um, I'm, I am going to test myself in October because I'm going for my first sub 2400 mile. Yeah, man, you're going to get it done. PB. That's like a two-hour PB for me, and it's on my nemesis race, which has always been a nightmare. I've always struggled, but finished it somehow. Um, but no, my view on DNFs now is, do you know what? It's a personal choice. You know, when I'm volunteering, I'm always very, very careful to to help runners to explore their reason, and I try to talk them out um, if I feel that they are just tired or emotional yeah. or whatever it might be if they can keep going i've had people come back to me afterwards and say i'm glad you kicked me out of the aid station because i got it done you know um, um that's a really satisfying feeling for you <laughs> knowing that you kind yeah, of helped them is. get to the finish it is and i, I, you know, I, I mean i always ask the question you know are you going to regret this in the morning and i woke up after Thames Path 100 this year dnf in and I, I didn't regret it the next day and i still think it's absolutely the right decision yeah i'm happy that's good stick with your guns and um know that you made the decision right at the time and and that sounds like you did as well you know you were worried about shin and that could have actually led to a really bad injury you never know so um like you say when there's physical pain involved it's uh yeah it's probably probably the best decision to make really there's always another race isn't there absolutely there's there's always races we'll be running for a long time hopefully fingers crossed (laughs) that's my plan (laughs) yeah for sure 
Um, I know, Graham, there was a ton of races that you, that you wrote to me about that you'd done over the years, and we could easily spend probably more than an entire show speaking about each one, because um, I know that some of them are quite are quite epic. But um, was there any other race that maybe really stuck out for you that you that you wanted to speak about or 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 name any any people that have helped you or anything like that? Because I know you've done obviously we've spoken about Endure Twenty Four, um, Royal Parks Ultra found on your on your DUV statistics page, Melvin Hills yeah. Fifty, North Downs Way Hundred, the Salisbury Five Four Three Two One, which I've seen before, and probably a ton more. Any other events that you want to kind of uh, kind of mention that that, that stick out? Um, I'd say the Salisbury 54321 as a, as a, I think that was my first 50k proper, um, is a beautiful race. I highly recommend that. Yeah. Um, it was a fantastic day. Um, I think that's one that Steve Way does, isn't it? I'm sure he's run that a few times. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty yeah. sure. I've done actually the Stenning Stinger Marathon is, is, is an interesting one. I, again, I did that one year in preparation for North Downs Way 50, and it was, again, a muddy year, so it was a bit of a mud bath. But um, it's the only time I could um, say that I've actually been ahead of James Elson in a race. Oh, really? Go on, tell us. <laughs> it's only because I started an hour earlier, um, <laughs> and he then overtook me after about probably about six miles or something. But, you know... <laughs> Um, in, in, in that case i'm going to claim that i was ahead of dan lawson in the thames path because he over he overtook us about six miles in as well <laughs> that, yeah no that is that that is a that is a really good race um no i mean i would say the um i mean rob rob piggott does some great races on the south coast and yeah at the, uh, the ports of coastal and uh, um, actually so another uh, so the Ports of Coastal Marathon was supposed to be my second marathon okay. in 2012. And um, unfortunately in 2012, when that was due to be run, my, my wife and son got ill at Christmas. And so I couldn't run it. But what I did was I got in touch with Robbie and said, I picked up my race number and I'm going to run it on Boxing Day. Okay. And, uh, and so I ran it on Boxing Day, sent him the GPX, and he very kindly gave me a medal in... in um, you know, kind of to reflect that. And I actually ran it wearing my race number on Boxing Day. It was one of these things I just had to do because I trained so hard for it. Yeah. I think experiences like that just really, really helped me because I was kind of choosing to go into that pain cave and, you know, running a, um, a marathon without any aid stations, you know, with I had a bladder at the time, but, you know, sorry, not, not bladder as in we've all got, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, correct. I know what you mean. <laughs> um, and I ran out of water and it started pouring rain. And actually someone stopped me on the seafront. They pulled out of their car and ran across to me in the rain and said, are you doing the race? And I said, well, kind of. And she said, I ran the race on Sunday and I've just seen you with your race number. What are you doing? And I told her and she thought it was amazing. And wow. actually seen me on the Eastern Road and driven all the way down to say hi. So, that's brilliant do you, do you know who that was by any chance is it a runny runny you know no idea no oh. idea just some random person but it really made me smile when i got to, to the end of that um, that's great it's such a good community isn't it running is just yeah just attracts attracts the the, the best people i'm sure I, I, I'm, I, I know i'm biased about it but uh, it definitely does yeah it does i mean i i would i I mean, I would say that the trail running community, since I've stepped up to ultra, I think marathon is is fine, but the ultra and trail running community is second to none. People mm. are so welcoming, and um, you know everyone will give you their time. 
um, yep. whether you're you're looking to you know get a PB or just up the distance or whatever it might be, um, it's it's a fantastic place to be and you know and kudos to you for you know spreading the the word and and giving you know normal guys like me a chance to kind of share their story. I, I just want pe- anyone listening to this who is thinking about you know oh I can't possibly do that you know you can do anything you want mm. really. I'm a normal guy. I get up in the morning, you know, and uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but often on a run for the first couple of miles, I think, oh, this is hard. I'm the same. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You weird, do. Yeah. You just stick it out. And uh, I think, yeah, the more momentum you put forward, the the easier it becomes, I think. And then before you know it, you've, you've finished. That's it. And you've done it. But no, that's that, that's really good advice, Graham. I think um, you, you know you're you're really positive and you're a real fine example for, like you say, you know, we use the the phrase just just a normal guy. Um, like you said earlier, we're all normal, but um, you know, you're you, you were saying to me, you're not an elite athlete or anything. Like that. You're just a guy who works and just gets gets on with it and wakes up on on the morning and morning of the weekends to do his long runs and. If you can do it, and if I can do it, and if we can all do it, then then anyone can do it. And you've just got to have that passion and that will to do it. I think. Yeah, I, I think the most important thing when you do these things, you've got to have a really clear why. You've yeah. Got to know why you you want to run that race. You know, if you if you don't have a clear why, when it gets hard, you'll just go. Do you know what? I've had enough. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I, I, and so. I probably didn't have a clear enough why for Thames Path because my a goal has always been autumn one hundred. So. Mm. Well, I look forward to seeing how you uh, how you get on at the end of the year. Now, Graham, I, I know training's um, kind of you, you're, at the moment you're training for. Is it the actual Autumn 100 you're training for at the moment, or have you got something in between? Yeah. No, uh, I'm training for that. I've got um, I have signed up for the White Horse 50k in, in September. That's okay. Some kind of a prep race, but um, I haven't got anything else in particular at the moment. I might find a cheeky half somewhere, but okay otherwise just just out training uh, long on the weekends and stuff brilliant if people want to find out more about you or ask questions or dig into to any of your stories but more or, or even find out you know how to get into to ultra running themselves where can they find you on social media so on gc um I, I am on twitter under the same handle but i don't really do a lot on twitter these days um and i've got a blog which is um probably easier for you to put a link in the show notes i guess for that okay cool yeah um, if you send that along to me i'll, I'll pop that in google gc goes ultra you'll find it and that takes you through my whole journey from you know first 50 miler to self-supported adventure runs to lessons learned and all kinds of stuff Brilliant. i think that's great that you've kind of documented your your journey on the on on you know all your races that you've done i was doing a similar thing but kind of stopped i think with you know with having the podcast and stuff going i've kind of kind of given up but it's great to kind of go back and read those old race reports and just see how you you took on your first ultras and stuff and i think there's again little nuggets of uh, gold nuggets of information in there that you can you can use in your future races it is really powerful i was saying to, mm. to my coach matt the other day i, I looked at um, a race report i did something called the, another race actually called the hangman ultra yeah, um, which is up in uh, Hampshire, North Hampshire, and I did that. And I, for the first time in my life, I kind of thought I'm really going to go for it in this race. And I, you know, ran all the uphills and stuff like that, and you know, kind of set a PB. And and I reflected afterwards, and you know, put things like you know, I'm stronger than I can. I just need to do this and do that. And 
I always kind of think of lessons learned and it's a good way for me to process the experience afterwards and you know, mm. even like it's three years later going back and thinking oh yeah I've forgotten about that I'm going right, okay it's really powerful to draw upon yeah no brilliant absolutely so Graham as you'll know or you may not know uh, I always finish the show with some recovery run questions so these are kind yeah. of short quick fire questions to find out a little bit more about you before we finish uh, so I'm going to start with those uh, do you have a favourite route to run in or around the Portsmouth area? Um, and it can be anywhere outside as well. I would, I would. My, my favourite run on on the South Downs is from um, Harting down to Cocking and back. Okay, okay, cool. Not all the way to QECP. No, actually, I, I can run from my house to QE in about 10 miles, so it's quite nice. Um, okay. Cool, good. And that, that, that is a good route, and it's very lumpy as well. Uh, do you listen to music when running? Uh, and if you do, what kind of stuff would you listen to? Um, I generally listen to podcasts, to okay. be honest. I have previously listened to a bit of music. Um, I, I mean, I actually, on the Thames Path 100, it's the first ultra I've ever got my... Uh, listen to the music on i've always done that then naked if you like um and just got got through it without music and i really needed some music so i put on a bit of kylie good choices good choices a bit, a bit of cheese on there <laughs> absolutely uh what shoes are you currently running in uh whatever's cheapest okay <laughs> um i um i brought if you ask my wife, she says I've got far too many in, out in the garage. I think I've got Brooks, um, Innovates, um, some Under Armour, some um, Mizuno, whatever. What, whatever's cheapest that, that worked for me. Cool, cool. Okay, that's good. So you've got a, a variety that you that you put on uh, through the runs. That's good. Uh, have you got a running watch? And if so, what model do you use? I do. Um, I have a course Apex that I'm delighted with that I got two years ago. Hey, to be able to run a hundred miler without having to recharge it is amazing. It's good, isn't it? It just saves so it. much hassle. Yeah, That's I cool. love it. That's really, really good. Uh, favorite training session during the week? So I know you, you said that you're coached. Do you have you got any um any particular runs during the week that uh, that you're given that are good? Well, he's just sent me the plan for the next four weeks, which looks interesting. Um, my 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 favorite. My favourite session, it's it's a bit of a strange one. So the, like I say, the, the the hill that I did the 50k hill reps up. Yep. I've got this. I've got this fascination with that over the last few years. I just I just like going there and just kind of losing myself in those hill reps. Okay. So it's, it's about um, it's about a third of a mile up, I guess. So you know, I mean, I've, I've done 15, 18, 20. 30 miles just going up and down that road and I kind of quite like losing myself now I don't do that every week um but I like doing that and um, I suppose I like the I just like the steady long runs really I think primarily okay the, the fast stuff hurts it does doesn't it oh could do without it at the moment honestly I, I had a I had a failed session today actually it, I, it's very rare for me to kind of stop during a during a session and I had to today and I got I got so mad with myself at the end it was you know, cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that a little bit, like we spoke earlier about the mental training and, um, you know, I just thought to myself, you know, you keep going, keep going, keep going. I, in the end, I just couldn't, I was absolutely wasted and I got, I got really mad afterwards. And then I just kind of calmed myself down and said, you know what, 
it's just running who gives a who gives a damn it's just one session exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah um and finally graham is there anything that you want to add about the running community down here in portsmouth or the south just just any kind of final words um no just i mean there, there are so many people who are um open to support i mean russ bestley i'll, I'll single out because when when i was doing the, the north house 50 for the first time i had a right panic like a couple of days before the race because the weather changed and i had a you know like a, a camelback pack which wasn't really suitable to carry a waterproof in and stuff and he lent me one of his packs you know okay. just out of blue just saw a message sent you know let me go around and just borrow one of his packs and what a great guy so um I mean, shout, shout out to Paul Pickford, who I know you've had on the podcast. He's, you know, he's yes. become a really good friend, along with Simon Welsh. You know, those two keep me going through the last year. They've been amazing. Oh, I think we've lost. I think we've lost the connection here. I've got you. Yeah. Oh, I've got you now. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry, you were you were just saying about Paul Pickford and Simon Welsh. Oh yeah, the, the, those guys have been amazing. They've really helped me through the last year. So you know, they're yeah, they're um, they're, they're top guys. Brilliant. That's that's awesome. Thanks for that, Graham. thanks for coming onto the show um, to speak about your running. I know we could have chatted for ages more about so many of the other wonderful races you've done and stuff, and probably a little bit more about the volunteering and stuff at Centurion and things. But um, I know that you've picked up a mountain of experience, like in the ultra ultra running that you've done over the years, and. Um, You've made like some some really good friendships and stuff over those miles too, which is very apparent in in some of your blogs, which I hope people go off and and read. And I think just think it's a fine example of just how wonderful the sport is and and all the people in it. I love your positivity as well, Graham. I think it's great. You, know, you have this. I know we spoke earlier. You have this very kind of yes attitude to everything. Like yes, you can get it done. And and I like that you kind of spread that word by saying that you know if I can do it, you can do it too. So I wish you all the best for your upcoming races. Uh, and hope to join you for some miles soon. Thanks so much, and good luck with KACR. Thank you, Graham. Take care. All the best. Bye. Cheers.